You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming brought to you by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. It's Zondra Pollard. It's where I am. Today, we're talking about anxiety and depression. So glad you joined us today. Welcome to 91.5 Jazz and More. want to give a shout out to our sponsor, who is Don Evans of R.D. Evans Enterprises. He is a supporter of the show. Uh, He is a general uh, contractor, designer, and builder. His website is www.rdevansenterprises.com. His phone number is 602-815-9991. Now, Don Evans has done construction here in the Las Vegas area at some of our very popular casinos, such as MGM. Um, and he's also done some residential work, but mostly he's known for his commercial work in the Las Vegas and Arizona area. So we want to thank you for being a supporter of It's Where I Am. Now, this anxiety and depression. I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm anxious. I've been running around, running around all morning in my head. Before anything even opens today, it's 7.30 in the morning. And I have all these things that have been running in my head since last night, which means I did not get a good eight hours of sleep. Now, aside from me, we're mostly focusing on our adolescents and our youth and the importance of taking care of um you know, supporting them and taking care of anxiety and depression issues, how to, you know, know if they are going through some of these things, if they're not, you know, verbalizing them, how can you recognize them and how to uh, get them an assessment and treatment. So we have Dr. Gwendolyn Green is back once again, and she'll be our a mental health uh, professional to guide us through some things that we can do, okay, to help our youth, adolescents, and maybe myself. So, welcome to the show, Dr. Green. Good morning, Zandra. So, we are talking about anxiety and depression in youth as they go hand in hand, right? Most commonly they do, mm-hmm. but not always. You might have a youth that is just struggling with anxiety. Okay. But uh, you, 
most often what I see are youth that are struggling with both anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes that anxiety will trigger depression. Okay. Um, When they're having a really hard time dealing with the anxiety or finding coping skills to work through those anxieties. So how do you recognize that your child is uh, having anxiety? Are they not sleeping so great at night? I mean, give us some of the symptoms. Well, it it could be a number of different things. I mean, if you see a marked change in their routine, uh, sometimes you might see them withdrawing. the sleeplessness at night may be a sign that they're struggling with something. You know, sometimes uh, when you're dealing with a lot of anxiety, you might suffer from racing thoughts when you go to bed at night. You oh, know? that's me. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's me. You know, that's a lot of us, right? So you lay down and you just have this laundry list of things that just keeps running through your mind and you you, you can't put it to sleep. And so, you know, it takes more Xanax. time <laughs> take more time <laughs> for you to fall asleep right and so right. our kids our kids deal with a lot of the same symptoms and things that we deal with and that we struggle with right and so as adults it might be you know the ability to pay our mortgage or you know a, a change in our shift at work or something to that effect that triggers our anxiety but for our kids it might be something just you know something that we might be overlooking right so mm-hmm. it may be a change in their friendship circle. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it might be a change in the household, right? Mm-hmm. So we see this very often when um, we have adolescents that come into blended households, right? So Ooh. mom has a has a few kids from a previous relationship. Dad has a few kids or partner has a few kids. And, you know, you're blending those families together. So there can be a lot of different triggers to those anxiolytic symptoms. Um, as oh, parents, wait, back that up. Anxiolytic? Anxiolytic. I yes. love it. That, that's, okay. that's, that's the $20 word for today, Ms. Andre. But, <laughs> so, um, but that, that just means the, the symptoms that are related and tied back to that anxiety. And so as parents or as caregivers, it just it becomes really important for us to pay attention. Right. Right. So we can go through our days with our kids or or whoever we're looking out for. And we see but we don't see all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it can just be subtle things, you know, seeing your child be cheerful over something that you used to joke about together before Um, changes in appetite, you know, and it might not be a marked change, right? Might not be a big change where you see, oh, you know what? First they were, you know, eating kind of normal and now it seems like they're eating everything or now it seems like they're not eating anything. It, it, it might just be small changes. And so it becomes important to be vigilant, you know, watch your child, but more importantly, talk to your child. Right. And I think that's a piece that we miss out on so much these days just because of the nature of everything being so virtual and being so mm-hmm. electronic and, you know, you send your child a text during the day, hey, how you doing? And they send you back an emoji, you know, and it's up to you to figure out what that emoji means and what all is entailed in that emoji. So, you know, just having those verbal conversations and making those those interpersonal connections with your child and reconnecting with your child can give you you know, good insight into what's going on with them psychologically. Okay, so you're saying you're noticing a change and then you have to start the conversation. What does that conversation start like? What do you say? How's your day? What's going on? How you feeling? What did you do today? 
And then what else? Yeah. So, you know, you want to keep your questions open-ended, right? So you don't want to ask a lot of questions that are going to be yes or no answers. You want to ask questions that are are going to foster a discussion, right? And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, you gave some really good examples. Like with mine, I usually say, how was your day? Right? Right. Yeah, I I may get a closed-ended answer, right? Like Nothing. Fine. It was good. You know, so then you keep prying, right? Was it good Mm -hmm. or was it great? Oh, it was good. Okay, so what'd you do in this class? What'd you do? Did you see your friend? Did you? And normally when you keep talking and just kind of engaging in that casual conversation, you know, you can start to get to what's going on with your child okay. or, or at least kind of get to know more about what's going on with your child. Now, of course, this all depends on that you know, parent-child relationship that you have, because if you already have a, a strained relationship with your child, then yeah, it, you could talk all day and it might not work, right? right? And so in those cases where you feel like, you know, I have a strained relationship with my child, maybe you're the step-parent or, you know, maybe you're taking temporary guardianship of the child, mm-hmm. then, you know, you may want to start looking at getting a third party involved, right? So that okay. could just be, that could be a therapist, that could be someone else that the child considers a support, um, just somebody that is going to be able to have a rapport with the child and get the child to open up and really talk about what's going on. Okay. Now, you hit something um, that stood out for me when you mentioned blended families. There are a lot of blended families nowadays. I mean, they're more common than, you know, biological yeah. nucleus, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> nucleus family. So... Tell us about when you're when you're dealing with a blended family. Um, I guess you kind of answered that, you know, finding someone who's a support. Right. So if you're in a blended family, for example, and mom has kids, dad has kids. And let's say the dad's daughter isn't really vibing with the new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's not opening up with the new girlfriend. That girlfriend to kind of build a relationship with her would need like what? A girlfriend around, a grandma around, well, and then try and build that relationship. Help me out. Like So it, it's it can be tricky. Okay? Yes. So Because I'm trying not to say names. That's why it's so difficult <laughs> for me to explain it. Well well <laughs> no, you know, when you're blending families, right? You want to make sure that you're you're blending them. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you're bringing kids in from previous relationships and they're meeting your new partner, Uh right? Take into consideration the timing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, is this, are are they meeting this new partner right after a recent breakup of their biological parent, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's going to bring in anxiety and that's going to bring in a lot of different feelings for your child. Um, You know, what are the mechanics behind it, right? So are you going to now vacate your premises that you've lived at with your child and cohabitate with your new partner and their children? What does that look like, right? Mm -hmm. Have you done anything to introduce the children to one another? Okay. Have you done anything to introduce the children to so now what if, what if they're not getting along what if the kids are not getting along with the new boyfriend or girlfriend 
normally what I've seen. And it's been a long time and they're still not getting along. And what I've seen, what's been my experience uh, when I have families come in and they're experiencing these types of situations is that the communication is lacking. Right. Right. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration when you're blending these families. Right. So. What does the what does the the structure look like? Mm-hmm. Right. What does discipline look like? Oh Lord Jesus! Right. Who, yes. Who's who's going to discipline? Is it okay for me to discipline your child? Is it okay for you to discipline my children? What does discipline look like? Right. Um. What do expectations look like? Right? That's right. So you know we all have structures. We all have boundaries in our homes. Do they apply to all of the children? Or do it just apply to some of the kids over here and, and not these kids over here? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Structure, discipline, and what was the other one? Structure, discipline, and boundaries. And boundaries. Right? So what kind of language are you going to allow in your house? Right. You can express your feelings, but how do you need to express them? Mm -hmm. Respectful, right? That's right. You can't go cursing out. One kid. Right. And praising the other one. Right, right. Or the kids, right? You can't talk to bio mom all nice and pleasant, but then... When you're talking to the new dad, you're cussing him out and he's every name under the sun and you're not my daddy and all of that. Right. Right. So it's really about, I feel, defining the structure. You know, if you're not coming into the relationship, you're, you, kids don't know what to expect. Right. And especially if they've been part of relationships that the parent has had that are failed relationships where, right. you know, a revolving door kind of, you know, oh, well, you hear this week, but next week it'll be somebody else. Right. So why do I need to respect you? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that communication becomes key and you shouldn't wait until you and your partner has decided that you're going to cohabitate and you're going to move everybody into one one space together to start having those conversations. Those conversations really need to start sooner than that. That's right. Oh, I totally agree. So we've talked about the kiddos. So we're going to talk about anxiety and depression with the kiddos, the adolescents, and then we're going to wrap it up with me. Okay. Okay. So now we're on to the adolescents. So now the adolescent is in high school. Okay. And now we're having behavioral issues that are out of control. And we don't even know if this person is going to graduate because we're so focused on the behavior. Okay. There has been no therapy. There's been no therapy. Okay. For the parents when the adolescent was a child and now they're on their way to adulthood. Okay. What do we do? It's like, I, I can't take it. I don't know what to do. I've not been raised to see a therapist. I've not been raised to get any help. And now I can't help my child. And I just want them to grow up, turn 18, and get out my house. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so in that situation, especially when we start to see um, disruptive behaviors in school, mm-hmm. normally, you know, most of the schools in the school district now have some type of social worker available at the school that can start doing some of those early interventions and just kind of see that, hey, you know, Jenny went from being an A-B student in ninth grade and now in the 11th grade, you know, she's she's making C's and D's. What's changed, right? Right. Or John has been a handful for three, four years and yeah. uh, 
Yeah. What, what, nothing's changing. I mean, in those cases, you know, where I, I mean, normally when it's been three or four years and the child's had like disruptive behaviors, especially in school, at some point in time, the school's going to reach out to the parent and say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're seeing these behaviors and they'll work with the family to start getting resources secured. Right. right. And so. That's the point in time when you you, you want to get your child assessed by someone mm-hmm. to determine kind of what's going on. Is it's this, not going away. Right, right. Um, is it strictly anxiety? Is it depression? Is it undiagnosed ADHD? Right. You know, is it a disruptive mood disorder? I mean, you really want to, to pinpoint and kind of know what's going on with your child as early as possible, because those early interventions are going to be what really sets your child up for success as they start to transition into adulthood. That's right. Because the behaviors don't go away. They sure right? don't. They, they don't go away. And they can be very... They intensify. Very, yeah. And, and very debilitating for your adolescent, right? Mm-hmm, when they mm-hmm. can't figure out how to regulate their mood or they're constantly feeling really depressed or you're seeing that they're withdrawing and, and isolating from the things that they really used to love to do. Like maybe they, they really love marching band or they love some sport in school and now you see that they're kind of transitioning away from it. Um, you know, it's important to try and get them those supports and get them someone that they can talk to Mm -hmm. and really start to process things. Now, if we tie that back to the blended family, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the child will be experiencing or the adolescent will be experiencing anxiety and depression tied to that blending of the family, right? And they're they're kind of stuck in in the middle because they can't, they, they may feel like they can't go to the biological parent and talk about what they're feeling because, hey, you know, dad finally found somebody that he really loves and mm-hmm. I want him to be happy. Right. right and yeah. then they don't feel like they can go to uh, the, the new partner because then the partner is going to feel like, oh, you don't like me. You don't love me. You don't want to be a part of the family and all these other things. Sure. So you want to make sure that they have just a safe space where they can discuss their feelings, where they can process their feelings and where they can start to learn and develop healthy coping coping skills to deal with some of the stressors that they're they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the adolescence, when, when, when our kids start to transition into adolescence and, you know, they're getting towards the 16, 17, 15, 16, 17, you know, right. we, we really start to see that period of individuation and the, the seeking of autonomy, right? They, right. They I'm my be, own person. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Heard exactly. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. They they pour it on too. So, you know, they, they want to be their own person. And now here you go, blending families. Right. Well, where do they fit in, right? And right. sometimes it's just really feeling like you don't fit in, like you don't have a space, like you don't know what purpose it is you're, you're serving. And so, again, that goes back to communication and you know, making all of the children feel like they are a part of that decision and that they're a part of the family. Right. And, and you know, if you can't figure it out with your partner, then get with a family therapist, get with someone that can help facilitate that. And that someone would be someone like Dr. Green. Dr. Green has her own behavioral health agency. Uh, can you give us the name and phone number? Yeah, of course. So it's Renaissance Behavioral Health, LLC. Um, the phone number is 702-930-5958. Uh, you can also reach me from my website at renaissancebehavioralhealth.org. 
Uh, we specialize in helping families and trying to help, uh, especially blended families. You know, we see a lot of those uh, and, and just helping individuals as well, especially our children and adolescent population. Right. They're struggling a lot out there right now, guys. And sometimes they're struggling right before our eyes and we don't even notice it. So don't be afraid to get your child assessed. Don't be afraid to, you know, allow your child to have access to a professional or like I said before, just somebody they consider a support, someone that they feel safe talking to so that they do have those safe spaces to process. I love having Dr. Green on the show. She's been on here quite a few times. And also, she has been a part of our Women Empowerment Conferences. So if you're a fan of It's Where I Am, you know who Dr. Green is. And if you're new to the show, this is Dr. Green of Renaissance Behavioral Health. And I also, I also want to give a shout out to Slug in the Magazine, who is one of our sponsors for our conferences and oftentimes for the show. So it's time to get to me. You know, I like to get my little therapy on when I get my mental health professionals in the uh, room and get some of my questions answered because, you know, I can't always get into my appointment the way I'd like to. Sometimes I have emergencies (laughs) and I can't contact that girlfriend I need to vent to. So, Dr. Green? Yes. I'm going through it. I have anxiety and I have depression. And it won't stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so serious. I know I am not alone. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, I have friends and family who have some of the same issues. And I think a part of it is everything I have to remember in a day. Okay. So I did pull out my journal and I started writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that the more I write down, the more I remember that I need to do. Yes. That list gets really long. <laughs> and then I can't sleep. Right. So help me out. Well, the first thing to keep in mind is that sleep is important. Mm-hmm. So you you always want to be mindful when you're starting to experience a lot of disruptive sleep. Okay. Right. Um, so what I always recommend to my patients is that if you are getting to the end of your day and you're getting ready to go to bed and you've got all these racing thoughts of all these things that you need to do, just just like you said, try to do a, a mental dump. Try to get as much of it that you're thinking about into a journal, some post-it notes or something next to your bed and try to relax and go to sleep And after leave that. it there. Yes. Yes. Okay. That doesn't work. Well, you also want to be mindful of your exposure to blue light before you go to bed at night. So if you're one of the ones that really like to cram it in with TV and then turn the TV off and go to bed or you're scrolling on your phone or what have you, you probably about two hours before you decide you're going to go to sleep, you want to cut it all off. Okay. 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 So that that's a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then but then I go through a depression because then I'm thinking about all the things that I need to do that I haven't done. Mm hmm. And then I just spiral down like I feel like I haven't done enough. And it's like my day is always full, mm-hmm. but somehow I still feel like I've not done enough. Okay. And so my audio engineer is pointing like, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the things you can do in that space, Zandra, is just try to prioritize, right? You have your list, you know what you need to do. 
or you know what you want to accomplish and try to give it some priority. Even if you're only accomplishing two things off of your list of 100 in that day that you've identified that you want to accomplish, then that's progress, right? That's positive progress. Always focus on the things that you can control. Because when you start to focus on the things that you can't control, that's when you're going to start to spiral. Okay. Okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yes. So I will uh, celebrate my successes and the things that I was able to do. Yes. And those things that I am not able to do, tomorrow is another day. Yes, correct. All right. So there's my advice. We went from the kiddos to the adolescents to myself. And now I have more to add to my toolbox. I thank you for being here, Dr. Green. It's always a pleasure. I'm Zandra Pollard. I'm here every Saturday at 7.30 a.m. And you know you can find me on Apple, Spotify, Google, podcast platforms. I'm sure there's a few more. Uh, Just type in It's Where I Am with Zandra Pollard and you will find me. Other than that, I'm here at KUNV 7.30 every Saturday. Now, next we have a song for you by Lady Blackbird. It's called Falling, and it's written by Robert B. Valencia and Lady Blackbird, Blackbird, produced by RBV Music. Thanks for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Bye. And 
just to 